of John. We'll be looking at verses 25 through 27 this morning. Starting there in verse 25 of John 19. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Let's pray. Our gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you as always for the opportunity to be here in the house of God, to gather around in this moment to sup from your word. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We know also, Lord, in this day we have taken time to honor mothers. What love you have so designed for a mother to have upon her child. The impact of mothers has rippled throughout all ages, Lord. I thank you this day for my mother, the one you've given me. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 19 covers the final hours of our Lord and Savior, Jesus' life. If you start in the first verse of the 19th chapter, it, it, it is building the highest moment of all Scripture, that which Genesis 3 had spoke of, that which had been prophesied by Isaiah in the 7th chapter in the 14th verse. Here in this moment, all history will be made right from what has been made wrong by the first Adam. But here in verse number one, it sets out to paint the portrait for us that the Lord in this moment has been scourged. They've mocked him. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. It says that they smote him with their hands. They put the cross upon his back. And as they mocked him while he hung upon the cross, John 19 says, they gambled for his garments. It was a tragic scene. What the blinded eyes of Israel had done to our own Lord and Savior. But it was this scene that paints a beautiful portrait for us here in the 25th verse because in the 25th verse it says now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother let me tell you the the recipe this morning of what makes a godly mother what makes a godly mother is what we see here in Jesus's mother Mary what makes Mary the kind of mother that we should strive to be like? What makes Mary the kind of parent that we should look to to be like is the fact that in the darkest hour, she stood by Jesus. 
This is the difference, both directly and indirectly. I guess you could say both literally and figuratively, Mary stood by Jesus. In the darkest hour leading up to this moment, it seemed that all had left him behind. His closest disciples that was with him there in the garden. His inner circle of the twelve. When we read up to John chapter 19, we find that his closest three allies on this earth, when he returns to them, he finds them sleeping. Even more we see in chapter 18, when we, this Peter, this, this apostle, this disciple who was so vocal, I mean, how many times have we looked upon him, the most vocal of all the disciples, the first to confess that he was the Messiah, the first to make this grand confession that he is the one that they have been waiting for. But yet John paints for us in even a better portion in Luke chapter 22, there in the 16th verse, it paints for us that as Peter denied the Lord three times that the Lord looked up and made eye contact with Peter and he went away and wept bitterly. These are all the hours leading up to this moment. We say to ourselves, well, that's just a few, but what about the other eight? When we read this, we see that the other eight had scattered abroad and even his accountants, so to say, even the the ministry treasurer had betrayed him. And yet, when it seems that all that was around him had scattered abroad, yet when it seems that everyone that had been serve, serving with him for the last three and a half years, we come to the final hours of Jesus' life, and verse 25 says, and there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. What makes the recipe of a good mother is that no matter what happens in the child's life, it seems that in the darkest hour, the mother is always by their child's side. You know, for me, we used to be so foolish. And when we would talk growing up, we would say amongst ourselves, we'll ride together and we would die together. Well, we was real good about the riding together, but when things got sketchy, wasn't nobody dying together. It was every man for himself. But yet, when I found myself in those situations, when I found myself in that kind of trouble, there stood by me my mother. God has put inside a mother a love that is far beyond understanding. It is a love that I can't even fully comprehend that she can lovingly come along her child and rebuke them and cuddle them. Tell them everything they got wrong and also assure them that everything was going to be all right. Here in this dark hour of our Lord and Savior, Jesus' life, there standing at the foot of the cross was his mother. You know, when Isaiah begins to uh, talk about a mother's love, I mean, what is really comparable to a mother's love? When Isaiah, there in the 49th chapter of Isaiah, in the 15th verse, Isaiah tried to acknowledge the bond that exists between mother and child. 
as he surveyed the society around him, trying to explain that the Lord will never forget his children. He strummed up what seemed to be the strongest bond in all of society. He said, can a, a nursing mother forget her child? This is the reason that he gives to us. He says, listen, the Lord will never forget his child. But he says, but you know also, can a nursing mother ever forget? Malachi even says there in the fourth chapter, in the sixth verse, when he's thinking about a mother's love. I mean, it is comparable to this. But when in the fourth chapter, in the sixth verse, when Malachi sets out to tell us about the ministry of Jesus Christ that's coming, when he sets out to tell us about the soon coming of John the Baptist, he said the message that they will bring will do what? It will turn fathers back to their sons, and it will turn sons back to their fathers. Oh, what does that mean to us this morning? It meant that the fathers were failing, but it seemed that the mothers were still being mothers. There is a unique bond that God has put in between mother and child. What makes Mary such an amazing example is literally in the Lord's darkest hour, there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. She stood with Jesus. There was a website that put out a whole slew of books the other day. It was a website called The Cut. And what it was, it put forth all of these books that was teaching you how to be a better parent throughout all of the phases of your child's life. How you can better relate to your child. How you can teach them to come along. But yet, what I love about this text here is that Mary not only stood with Jesus because he was her son, but Mary stood with Jesus because he was her savior. Listen, you want to be a godly mother today. If you want to impact your kid's life today, don't just stand with Jesus. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, I read his word. But make sure your kids know that you stand with Jesus because he is your savior. She stood with Jesus. For Mary, it was not that he was just her son. It was that he was Jesus, the Christ. You ever ask yourself, where is James? You ever ask yourself, where is Jesus' other brother Jude in this moment? You know, James and Jude both believed that Jesus had gone mad. They thought that Jesus had lost his mind. Yet, also recognize that Mary loved James, Mary loved Jude, and Mary loved Jesus. But let me tell you a characteristic of a godly woman. The characteristic of a godly woman knows and has enough wisdom to say, regardless of what my other children's opinion is about Jesus, I'm still standing by him. But mom, come on, could you hear James? Mom, are you really going to go to Calvary? Mom, he's gone mad. 
Mom, you can't be serious. I hear it all the time, do we not? Oh, you're going to services again? Oh, you're going to church again? It's like a cop down there. Yet nevertheless, no matter what people say about this building, no matter what people say about our Savior, it is the first and foremost in our lives that they know no matter what they say. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. But you ought to understand, he's not just Jesus the Son. He's Jesus, my Savior. There stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. Notice here again in, in verse 25 that it wasn't just Mary alone, but there was four other women that had gathered there in this dark hour. And also, you have John right there with them. You know, in the dark hours of our life, the, the desire for all of us, if we're honest, maybe, is that we'll take the advice of the other disciples. It's time to flee. When things become troubled, when things seem really grim, that's where we, that's where we find ourselves. If I just escaped this, the psalmist went there, did he not? Psalms chapter 11, David sat back and said, as he looked upon the troubles that he was facing, he said, oh, if I had wings as a bird, I would fly. What is he saying? He said, oh, that I would be able to escape this situation. But listen, what you need to understand is the disciples, the ones that left, they had not loved Jesus rightly. But listen, if we'll take advice from Mary, why was Mary there? Because she loved Jesus. In verse number 25, it says, and the disciple whom Jesus loved, and the disciple whom loved Jesus. What does all this mean to us? It means that when you love Jesus correctly, when you love Jesus rightly, even in the dark hour, you will still stand by your Savior. But you have to love him rightly. When you don't love him rightly, you'll find yourself trying to escape the situation. Here standing by the cross was his mother. In verse 26 he says, And when Jesus saw his mother, can you imagine the emotions that was overwhelming not only the Lord, but the emotions that was overwhelming his mother Mary? What grief I was sitting there wondering last night in the office the thoughts that was going through Mary's mind. Is this how it was all going to end? 33 and a half years of being this child's mother after being my son's mother. The excitement that came about her when she heard the news from the angel that she was with child. Oh, the day that... John the Baptist jumped in Elizabeth's womb. Oh, do you remember the day when we went down to the temple? And as we was down on the temple, out came Simeon. And Simeon began to prophesy and he began to rejoice and he began to praise God because God kept his word to him. And in his life, he was able to witness the birth of the Messiah. I mean, all of the emotions that probably overcame her. Could you imagine the conversation that 
Mary and Joseph had that day on the way home from the temple after Simeon had drawn all the attention of praising God for the arrival of the Messiah. I mean, all of the emotions that was overcoming her. I bet as she thought back in the book of Luke, when she first heard that she was with child, and she began to praise the Lord because the Savior, she needed a Savior. She recognized this in how she praised the Lord. But the text says, now standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother. As Jesus looked upon his mother, he was broken hearted. You know, in all the sayings that Jesus said on the cross and all the hours of suffering, he, he was only able to utter seven sayings. And of all the seven sayings, the first three of the seven sayings was compassion that he was desiring for someone else to have. Talking about taking a note from Jesus. In the midst of all his suffering, he wanted compassion to be given to those around him. He was in unspeakable pain. Hour after hour, he strained for breath. His muscles cramped. His Tendons strained, he bled, he suffered, he suffered from asphyxiation there on the cross as they hung there. The only way they could get breath is that they would take their feet and push up and gasp for air. Yet in this moment, as he looked down upon his mother, there he pushed up in all the pain and in all the suffering, desiring to bring comfort to his mother. He looked upon his mother in her painful condition, and as he pushes up, he, he seeks to bring this comfort. And hear me now. He seeks to bring comfort to his mother in the time of pain. Just as a note for society today, it is something quite confusing when I hear parents say today that, that their kids don't check on them. It's quite confusing today when I hear people say that their parents, the kids aren't striving to take care of the parents. Listen, recognize something here. Jesus had compassion on Mary, his desire in his turmoil was to seek to take care of Mary. Uh, tradition says that Mary was probably in her early 50s. She's not an elderly person. Jesus is 33 and a half years old. They do believe that Joseph was dead. But the point is this, the, the son desired to take care of his mother. You know, in Mark chapter 7, to further give you emphasis of what it means to be a good child to your parents. On Wednesday night, when we looked at Mark chapter 7, we skipped over this portion there leading up to the uh, longest confrontation in the book of Mark between the scribes and the Pharisees and Jesus. But what led to this moment when the Lord began to rebuke the Pharisees and certain scribes, what did he rebuke them on? 
He rebuked them on the fact that the Pharisees and scribes had so manipulated the law. They had so changed the law that the kids was now able to say this word, Corbin, which means that they was given away an opportunity to not take care of their aging parents because they claimed this rule. Jesus rebuked it wholeheartedly. And he follows through with great confidence the importance for a child to take care of his mother and his father. Here, dying on the cross, he said to John, Behold thy mother. And then he says to uh, Mary, Behold thy son. But look at verse 26 again. As Jesus seeks to bring comfort to his mother, look what he says. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Did you see that? Did you find that unique? That as Jesus is suffering on the cross. He pushes up on the cross with a gasp of air, and he says, Woman, behold thy son. At first reading, you kind of find this off. You know, if I was to call my mother woman when I was growing up, I would have never made it to your pastor. You'd visit me at Spring Grove. Matter of fact, if I caught a woman today, that's where you're going to find me tomorrow. It just seems like it's not right, woman. Yet the Lord is drawing here to a, a greater emphasis. This word woman disconnects the Lord from the maternal and brings it back to an application in the physical. The use of woman is oftentimes connected to the reality of someone who was widowed, someone who was aging. Is this not interesting to us at all? That the reality is when the Lord seeks to bring comfort to his mother, he doesn't remind her that he is her son. He reminds her that he is Lord. He says woman. This is the reality of it all. He has disconnected himself in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the agony, in the midst of all that hung as he hung there upon the cross. It's, it's not your son. No, the, the Lord says to Mary, there is a new relationship developing. Don't forget, Mary, I'm not up here on this tree as your son. I'm up here on this tree as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And the relationship that Mary had with Jesus was beautiful. The, Mary, the relationship that Mary had with Jesus, it was loving. It was the relationship that God desired for mother and child to have. But the relationship there had to move aside because a holier relationship was taking place. There on the cross, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was reminding his mother that he was indeed the Son of God. 
He did not call her mother to comfort her, though I believe it would have brought Mary comfort. No, in order to bring Mary comfort, he reminded her of who he was. He said, woman. <laughs> to say woman was for the Lord to say, Mary, this bloodshed up here has a purpose. I could understand if you was looking at it from the son perspective or why you would be grieving and weeping. But you need to look on it from the woman side of it. I am your Savior. Mary, all of this bleeding and bloodshed and crucifying has a purpose. Woman meant that John 14, as he had told him earlier in the chapter, when he told him, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And then he goes to tell them that he's going to prepare a place for them. John 14, when he says woman, it was the reminder that he was going to prepare a place for them. When he said woman, it was the reminder that he would doubtless come again. When he said woman, it was the reality that the serpent's head was finally getting delivered a crushing blow. When he said woman, it was to say that now all prophecy has been fulfilled. When he said woman, a greater purpose was being provided to comfort Mary. Woman reminded her that he was the son of God and it was a comfort to be reminded that though he hung on the cross, God was still in control. Woman meant that this blood shed on Calvary with the very first drop of blood that was shed. The word woman brought to the attention that the burden of sin just got lighter. That there was a finally an atonement. I present to you the most compassionate thing Jesus could have ever said to Mary in the whole entire chapter of 19 was the word woman. Because it reminded her of who Jesus was. As children, I also believe we can take a note from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The greatest comfort we can provide our parents, not only if it's our dark hour or their dark hour or a dark hour for the entire family. The greatest comfort that we can provide to those who we care about, that we love the most, is that Jesus is still in control. The thing that we can remind them, the best thing that would give them comfort is what the Lord reminded Mary. Mary, this is just a moment in your lifetime. I'm just passing through. Yeah, we're going to face cancer. And yes, it's fearful. And yes, it's trouble. But this is just a moment when we are reminded that this is just the speck of our life that we are going to live in eternity. When we face the loss of a loved one, it grieves us. But when we're reminded that we're going to be gathered together with them again, does it, it seem to lighten the burden? Oh, he said, Mother, we must be mindful as children as we uh, seek to aid our parents, as we seek to help our parents, as we seek to love on our parents. We must also seek to remind them, hey, things are getting rough as we get older. But we're just passing through. 
even more. He says here that uh, not only in verse 25, but here again in verse 26, he says, Behold, and when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Well, didn't Mary have other sons? Yeah, she had other sons. She didn't have other sons that loved Jesus yet. But she had other sons. The Lord's strategically passed on the care of his mother to John. In the sense, in an extra biblical sense, historically, they say that after this moment, when it says when there in the 27th verse, it says, and then saith he to the disciple, behold thy mother, and from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Extra biblical commentaries unanimously agree that um, John would take Mary back to his home, which they believed he owned a home in Jerusalem, and she would live there for the next 11 years. And after the death of Mary, then John would begin his um, deputation of preaching the word of God to the Gentile nations. But look here again at 26 and 27. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. In this moment, in Mary's physical standing, she needed the love of a son. In John's physical standing, he could use the compassion of a loving mother. Jesus introduces to them the answer, Behold thy son, and John, behold thy mother. The bond that was brought to them together, though, was in Christ. I say this to you in closing. Last week, Maybe it was two weeks ago. I officiated a wedding. And as I was standing to the side, the best man was speaking to me about the impact that the mother and father of the groom had upon his life. He said that his entire life, he wanted to experience the love of parents in his life in which he did not have. And yet when he arrived in the groom's home, the mother and father loved on him like he was their very own. Yet what this young man did not understand when I talked to the parents about this situation, they felt as if the Lord had placed a burden on their heart to reach him for Christ and to show him the love of Christ when he was in their home. Their heart was burdened for him. It changed his life. Even to this day, he began to weep as he talked about this. Yet, he had a biological mother and father. 
what is painted for here and for us in John chapter 19 is something so unique and beautiful that it can only be found in Christ. There are some people who have children who are failing to be children to their parents yet what do we see here because we all serve the same lord and savior is that in christ we are burdened to perform the acts that children should do to those people who are not our parents you know this mother's day is coming to a close and maybe your mother is already gone maybe you can't even put your arms around your mother though you wish to Maybe the fact is, is that you wish you could put your arm around your kids, but you may not be able to do this either. I challenge you to take a note from the Lord. To take a note from what he did here in verses 26 and 27. If you do not have the opportunity to hug your mother, don't wallow in that situation. Don't lay in that situation. Be a mother to someone else. See the needs of other people. In the darkest hour of Jesus' life, he shows us the balm for a broken heart. You know what it is? The balm for the broken heart is compassion towards others. I cannot testify because time is not given the amount of people who have loved my family or the amount of testimonies I can see and tell you about people who in this church acted in a motherly figure, a fatherly figure, or people who in this church serve other people in this church in the place of their son. What is this? This is the love of Christ. There is nothing like it at all. So today, when you go home and you see your mother, if you get the chance, squeeze her tight, hug her tight, and thank God that you had a mother who has stood by you through all the good and through all the bad. When friends said they would be with you every step of the way and they were not, there stood by our side our mothers. Who is a... What kind of love is a mother's love? It is far beyond my understanding. Just Wednesday night, my wife uh, thanked the Lord uh, for Caleb being safe as he got ran off the road. When she called me to tell me that Caleb had gotten ran off the road, well, by the way, take this to note, Caleb did not call his father. When she called me, I started to laugh until I could hear the wind blowing through the windows at the very first call of the, the voice of a brokenhearted son. She was already in the car on her way to him. I felt terrible for laughing like I was a bad parent. But then I realized I just don't have the love of a mother. I do love you. That's why your mom came. <laughs> but what is like the love of a mother? Let's pray. Our gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we give thanks to you for all that you've done. Lord, what an example that you've preserved in your word for us. 
about what it means for a mother to stand by their child's side, but also to stand by their Savior no matter what happens, no matter the disruption that it may cause in the family. To never forsake the Savior is a characteristic of a godly mother. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. We praise you and magnify your name. May everyone have a safe um, afternoon with their family, Lord. We give thanks to you, Lord, for all that you've done and for all those, Lord, who may be missing their mother today. Lord, I pray that you as the great physician pour out a little balm from heaven and ease their burdened heart. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.